Syria Ah fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. On National Pasta Day of all days, guys, we're back for week eight action and a lot of sad news after international break. How are you guys doing knowing that U.S. men's national team is not going to the World Cup and Italy's got a playoff game against Sweden in about a month? Well, I'm, you know, I'm trying to recover from it because my Cubbies play tonight, um, but they're down 0-2 to the Dodgers, but we are, we are at Wrigley did go to the thrilling game five in DC, but, uh, you know, I got my new Cubs hat on that just arrived today. What, what do you think, Marco? You like it? It's crisp. It kind of looks like the same color of, uh, Napoli's champions league jerseys today. Oh yeah. What about you, Chris? You like it? Yeah. It feels like that's from the 1920s era too. It's got that distinctive old look to it. Yeah. So I still have the stickers on it. Not yeah. because I'm hat on stickers on hat guy, which I'm not, I'm very anti that. It's because I bought these after a few, bought this hat after a few brewskis, and guess how much I spent on this hat? More than you should have. More than I should have. <laughs> $90 baseball oh, hat. Oh, man. Wow. So I'm making sure I really like it. Well, you got, a, you got, a, you got like four stickers oh, on it's, that Oh, it's all stickered up. It's actually a, a, it's, it's the Todd Snyder collabo with New Era um, for a $59.50 low profile. It's houndstooth, so it actually looks like uh, Idris Elba in Luther's jacket. But yeah, $90 for a baseball hat. That's Eek. good stuff. I got a $30 shirt that's really good. So I'm thinking about like pretending that this hat was 30 and the shirt was 90. Well, uh, you, you don't have to spend any money on a new U.S. men's national team jersey for the World Cup this year. So Ooh, uh, that's a burn right there. Yeah. yeah. So, I'll tell you what, I was extremely disappointed when I was watching that game. I was watching a little bit of that Argentina game too, and Messi just turned up, and that was exciting. And then you turn and you see. The U.S. just absolutely flopping in Trinidad and Tobago. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, still a tough pill to swallow, but it's going to hit even harder when the, the World Cup gets started, yeah. guys. December 1st, we got the, when they pick the groups, that's going to suck. I mean, i I've, be honest, 94, that's why I'm a soccer fan. I grew up, uh, I didn't go to any games, but the World Cup, when we hosted it, we've been in the World Cup since then. Uh, I, I'm just I'm really crushed. That really all the memories that will not exist this summer. Uh, I'm bummed. Yeah, I'm well, bummed. I figure you guy being such an NCAA tournament guy too. That like you know could the U.S. go because their quarterfinals against Belgium last year was like you know such an intense game. Wondolowski will forever yeah. be a goat to me because he he missed the sitter. Yep. You know, I mean th- this loss. You, you watch the reaction to it and or reaction or overreaction or whatever you want to call it, and basically like. The U.S. soccer world is panicking like an Air Asia flight crew. Um, you know, for me on this one, it's, it is really going to suck. For me, you know, you can talk about systemic or not, but we had a chance to win an in. We controlled our own destiny. We should have beaten Trinidad and Tobago. That's just that, and we didn't. And the other part of me is like, you know, how terrible can the U.S. men's system be or how terrible can the United States soccer system be? Um if our women's team is the best in the world. So why don't you just try and do a little bit more what the women are doing? Because, I mean, honestly, we, we have an ex- we have the, one of the world's most successful soccer programs here with the women. So, you know, and they're, they're, they're more fun to watch anyways. It's very true. Um, 
But we have to look forward as much as uh, the results are terrible. We have to play the, the coaching game, right? Uh, who's going to lead the U.S. men's national team onto Doha's World Cup final in five years from now? Uh, we've got a lot of suggestions out there. I've seen a lot of uh, English coaches being suggested. Let's do it for the beautiful boot guys. Of the Italian coaches, who would you want to lead the U.S. men's national team to World Cup glory? You know, I honestly would say Spalletti. You know why? Because he, he always seems good. <laughs> well, he always seems to bring a little bit of that style, and he he makes the most out of the players that he has. So uh, you know, we don't have the cream of the crop. Let's just say it. Uh, well, I will say that um, Pulisic is is nasty. And Hershey, he's Pennsylvania's be, own. He's going to be even better uh, by that by that time. But. Yeah, someone like Spalletia, you know, a player manager who can just do wonders with the, the team that he has and doesn't need that superstar. Well, he does have Icardi this year, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> More on him later. You know, I'm going to go, uh, even though he dropped out of his coaching uh, uh, class after, you know, basically one class, and I'm going to go Francesco Totti, man. Bring him over. Uh, you know, I got I got this. Hey, this couch pulls out, Francesco. You know, you're welcome <laughs> to stay. You know, we'll make we'll make space for the wife and kids. Let's you know, let's let's start this let's start this bromance, man. I'm I'm ready for it to kick off. It's been way too long. Toti starting his coaching career with an international team that would be interesting. First, he needs to learn English. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dude, true. I'll translate. That's yeah. no problem, yeah. man. I'll, I'll I'll be like a I'll be like a a cancer growing off him. <laughs> Just be growing out of his arm translating. <laughs> I'm gonna look further south on the peninsula, guys. I need a coach who's going to score points on the final day to remain in Syria. Crouton Nation, I know you're with me. Davide Nicola, he's my guy. He knows how to stay in the Syria. I think he can get us out of CONCACAF and get us back into World Cup. If only he could bike over the Atlantic. Yeah, that's right. That's well, right. I mean, what's Crotone going to do without him, Chris? Uh, I guess what it's going to do is it's going to make sure that you don't have to buy any more jerseys. That's true. Yeah, I would be done with that, and then I would definitely... I'm much more eager to buy the next U.S. national jersey than I am the Crouton jersey, so... Davide Nicola, come on by. Plus, you, you you don't have any more you know charming and and uh, uh, quaint names to put on the back of your <laughs> yeah. second or third yeah. Crotone jersey. Yeah, I'm out is of... the second one going to be a Nicola one if they stay up? I or, guess, or, right? Or is I, the Spence going to? I don't know any other uh, uh, philosophers or mathematicians from antiquity to put on the back of the I'm, jersey. I mean, they got like twenty guys on the team. You could pick yeah. from. Yeah, but that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll see uh, if any Italian coaches uh, lead us to the World Cup. That will be in due time. Looking to Italy's national team, guys, we've got Sweden. That got decided today. We've got a playoff game, November 13th. What do you guys think? Is the Zlatan going to come out of retirement and lead us uh, against our Italian second favorite team? <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. That would be the only thing that... Uh it's that, got you worried <laughs> yeah well not even because they they had a great qualifying campaign they just got beat out by france uh and honestly man it, it, italy right now is, is a big question mark and i'm a little bit concerned uh hopefully uh ventura doesn't throw out some random ass formation and uh you know italy just get to the games get to the world get to cup. the world cup we know that uh you we're we're a really good cup team but, you know, it's those qualifying matches and the friendlies that people are always scratching their heads. 
Yeah, my uh, my house is not only going to be a house divided, but it's going to be a person divided. My wife Leslie is half Swedish and half Italian. All right, the the the, the Lofgren Gallione uh, uh, combination right there. So uh, there there might be some you know super schizophrenic uh, internal battles going on. I don't know if it's going to be one of those things where like I have to sew a Sweden and an Italy yeah, jersey right. together. I, I would, but I've already blown ninety dollars on a Cubs hat, <laughs> yeah, so the budgets you can't budgets buy already two. been blown, but. Really pulling for Italy in this one, but I mean, I'm, a, I'm I got to be honest, I'm afraid of Sweden. I mean, you know, with the elimination game with the U.S. men's national team, I feel that you know any sort of uh, deity or uh, powers moving things behind the scenes hates my guts and is going to take this one away from me. So this World Cup, you know, is going to is going to be trash if I can't watch Italy in the United States. Yeah, I can't handle another. One of my teams getting knocked out before the. But have you seen tournament. all these teams that are playing on the play and the teams that have gotten kicked out? Man, this this could be, you know, this could be the 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 who yeah. uh, uh, World Cup of all time, man. You, you can see the world is getting better at soccer for sure. I mean, Costa Rica is like a legit team that that made a run last time, and now they're back in the World Cup, uh, arguably taking our spot. So it'll be Forza interesting. Yep. Going back uh, to Italy, guys, we've got some news. We are on an Italian website, Roma's website. We did a three-by-three with Curve America being the main, I don't know, question. What are we? Well, well, so what three-by-three is, let's give them a little background. Three-by-three is is this this wonderful writer in English for Roma named Wayne Gerard. So thanks, Wayne. Cheers to you. You get Marco's shot of olive oil today. he has is doing this thing where he asks, I guess, people who are considered into the know. I don't know why why we're on this. Yeah, uh, three separate questions that pertain to the Syria, and uh, because we got bumped from the last one, maybe or whatnot. But uh, instead of three different groups, we each got asked all three questions. So you can go check it out on Ask Roma English's page. They're very Curve America answers. Yep. So if there's going to be like Curb Your Enthusiasm references and, yeah. and, and heavy on Antonio Cassano and stuff like that. Yep. If you like the podcast, you probably like that uh, article. Thank you, Wayne, for the opportunity. That was fun to do. The other thing, guys, we've got to mention, Syria TV contract. We want to give a shout out to our friends at Calcio e Finanza. They did a story on this. Uh, so basically, a middleman has been hired. It's an American company called IMG. Um, they're going to be uh, distributing the rights, so so uh, there's potential there for more Syria coverage in the U.S. If any of our listeners are out there and have some connections with this, I mean, we really want to see this happen. Syria needs to get on TV more if we're going to grow this uh, game here in in the North American uh, markets. So, my hypothetical guys, what TV channel would you want to see Syria? Sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. I don't really feel like changing the channel after Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, you know, I'd like to sandwich in a game between Star Trek: The Next Generation and, but I mean, I guess if the sci-fi has biases like BN does, and if we're equating like Star Trek to Real Madrid, then you know we're, the Serie A games are getting bumped for reruns. Um, but yeah, and also because Donnarumma is a freak. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, CBS. Yeah, that would be nice. One of the major ones, uh, if they could get some interest there. I'm going to go with E, because if we can follow the drama of Syria and just the hand waving and everything like that, we can compete with the Kardashians. Yeah, just keep uh, keep like a live feed running, like the Truman Show yeah. in the locker rooms, yeah. and just you know, 
Don't even subtitle it. Actually, you know, just have us be like Mystery Science Three Thousand, where you see the hand <laughs> shaking in. and everyone, yeah. and we're just we're just dubbing it over. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, IMG, uh, we'd love to see more Syria. Hopefully, you can make that happen for please, us. Please, please, I need to become even more of an addict. I I will say this too for Syria fans. I mean, please make your voice heard on that because if it goes back to the status quo, that's that's really going to set us back uh, for Syria as a as a team as a as a league uh, here in the north american market we should start a patronage account and you know have a call to action so we can buy the syria i would like that the syria rights. start crowdfunding it. yeah yep. let's do it if we do any uh crowdfunding any social media stuff will definitely be used guys so we want to remind everybody we've got uh handles we've got curve america on twitter instagram facebook all one word you can find us on there you can also find us on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes Podcast, and we've got a new one. We're on Stitcher. We just set that up, so if you listen to Stitcher for your podcast, you can find Curve America on there, too. Please find us. Tad, your favorite part? Yeah. You know, I'm on Apple, and I realize uh, that the new update has made your fun super slow and crappy, so RIP Steve Jobs. Um, but when you go on for the iTunes, please subscribe, rate, comment. Um, it's you know it's really important for us and how we get found. So please do it. All right. Well, let's jump into it then. We've got week eight action, guys. This was a fun week. It really was. Jump right into it with the rundown. This week, the Serie A saw the best play the best, and the rest play the rest. Chiri Mobile leads OTFR and the rest of the 80s high school villains in a wild victory in Turin. Napoli ruined Curve America's weekend at the Olympico and start digging a very shallow trench at the top of the table. Icardi bailes Coma El Messi with a hat-trick and a victory performance at the Derby della Madonnina. And some other teams played soccer and Benevento and LS Verona rivals Indianapolis and Tennessee as the worst Monday night showdown on planet Earth. You hear that? Actually, you know you what that was. I think that's the best copy that Chris Ross has ever read. That was that was that was impeccable. Getting Solid. better in, in year two. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that noise is our shameless beer plug of the week. Uh, we have Dewclaw Brewing, which is out of Balmer, Maryland, and we have the Funk, which is a blueberry citrus wheat. And I would like to say that this is the official beer of when your friend comes back from a camping trip with the last three beers, and one of them happens to be local. So thanks, Juice, for coming back with three extra beers because we dropped the ball this time. And uh, it's the official beer of Hey Brent from Quesitoti, who talked all that ish about us drinking out of a can. Well, here's a bottle, if you're even listening. Yep, there's your bottle for Quesitoti, absolutely. All right, guys. Let's jump into it. Really exciting week for week eight. Top five is up next. Up first is Napoli and Roma. This one finished 1-0. De Rossi breaks Tad's heart this week. He broke all of our hearts. Not for the many unanswered text messages, but for an ill-advised back pass to Ant Lieutenant Lorenzo Insigne. You all saw it. You have the Roku and can stream Fubo TV because this was not on BN. 
This guy's, I got my three takeaways for this game is, well, I mean, outside of the fact that it's heartbreaking, it'd been really nice to knock off Napoli, but Napoli, outside of their performance in the Champions League, but at least in the Serie A, is the immovable object. So, um, but for watching this game is, you know, the top of the Serie A is, is closer than we thought. I mean, a lot of people were asking us our feelings going into the Roma game and, and also people who know way more about soccer than us go, you know, the, the, the Roma Napoli game. And there was a sense that, you know, Roma is not going to show up and Napoli is going to put in another three goal performance. And, you know, outside of this, you know, outside of this back pass by DeRossi, we could add a zero, zero draw or, you know, Ed and Jekko hit the cro- hit the woodwork. So you got to say that Napoli's ant army tip, the midfield Roma's wolf pack, um, not the hilarious group of guys that get in all sorts of bachelor party antics in the hangover, um, but Nangolin, De Rossi, and not Strutman, this one Pellegrini. Um, but I just got to say, man, this I think there's parity at the top of the table, I think, on any given weekend that any of these top six teams can beat each other. Yeah, it's, and it's it's not Juve uh, that's at the top of the table. It's uh, uh, We're chasing other teams other than Juventus. They're further down. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, with 15 points, Roma, you know, they'll consider themselves unlucky right now with the fact that, you know, they they essentially outplayed Inter. Uh, and then this game, you know, not a lot of chances, but, you know, it's not like Napoli completely took it to them. It, it is great to see parity finally uh, in the Serie A, but, hey, man, Napoli and Roma have been going at it for the last couple of years, so it hurt a little bit extra. What did you think of that? I, I, I walked into the game, and I know there'll be disagreements with this, but we lost to Napoli, one nothing, and I thought tactically we kind of hung with them. I'll give credit to EDF on this. Like they didn't, you know, miss a bunch of chances and were lucky to escape with a one nothing loss. Like no, there's there's stretches, especially in the first half, where we were putting it to them, um, where I thought we had we had the game well in hand, and you know you always know that Napoli's super aggressive on the counter attack, and so anytime those ants get out there running in that ant line. Amazing they can control the ball, how short they are, that you think if they trip and then tumble over on the ball that uh, uh, you might might thwart that, that counterattack. But, you know, it's just it's just it goes to show the uh, just the how dangerous they are that one misstep by Roma's captain. And there's, you know, your, game. there's, there's your game. Yep. No, very true. Um, also got to talk about Napoli's main man, right? Dries Mertens, apparently the nicest man in Napoli. I saw the uh, article we were talking about here of just snapping selfies all across. Well, he's uh, adorable. <laughs> he's adorable. He's, you know, if, 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 if he lived here, I think him and Pepper, the podcasting pug, who is a Napoli fan, would, would just make a hilarious comedic duo. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch a reality show of that one right there. Drace and the Pep. Yeah, yeah. Grace would just be riding in yeah. on Pep's back. Just riding in. <laughs> you know, but that, and that adorable smile he says. And he said that he thinks that everybody in Napoli has a selfie with him this time, but he'll never say no to a selfie. So I will tip Napoli on that one over you, Diego Perotti. Well, good for him. I mean, he plays in both of Belgium's uh, international matches. Uh, Belgium obviously made it to the World Cup. Uh, they handed they handled that that a group very easily, um, but he's just one of the best players in Serie A and in Europe right now. Uh, unfortunately, he misses a PK today against Man City, but that that really doesn't say the story. You know, this he's been the main man 
for for the past well, two seasons and scrappy. I mean, like what I want to point out in this game with Trace Mertens is is the mentality he brought in this one is he's gonna win by any means necessary. He had some. He had a couple Chiellinis in this game, guys. He had a couple Chiellini dives, like it wasn't like it ain't no thing. And you know, it's really hard for the ref to get you know a good vantage point because you know if, if if any of the Roma players, it's like it's like a it's like a full eclipse. So he, you know, he can shade them and, and, and take the dive. So he was diving all over the place in this one. Maybe ni- nicest guy in Napoli, but the, the cheapest player in the Stadio Olimpico on, on Saturday to throw a little shade. And by a little shade, I mean a very minuscule amount of shade <laughs> to cover Drace Mertens. There's a the height joke. <laughs> yeah, it didn't get rested. If any- you guys can't tell, Napoli is full of very short players. <laughs> He didn't get any uh, rest in the international break. Played both games for Belgium, so came in rested here. Didn't get a goal. But, uh, yeah, doing big things for Napoli. Again, today, in, in podcasting land, uh, the, the weekend games are already old news. We've got Napoli and Man City today. What did you guys think of this game? Uh, Italy versus England, uh, the first game today. Uh, we got Roma and Chelsea tomorrow. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But what do you think? Uh, how, did, how did Napoli uh, represent Serie A today? I think they represented them pretty well. <clears throat> you know, they missed a PK. They went down early, but I think they handled Man City, especially in the beginning of the second half, uh, just taking it to them in Manchester. And that's not an easy thing to do. Man City is just running over teams in the EPL right now. Yeah, these are two teams that are both crushing it in their respective leagues. Uh, you know, Napoli goes down again, and Napoli's got some soul searching to look to get out of this group because this is the second game they've lost in these group stages. And I, you know, as much as we're like, oh, maybe next game, you know, Napoli is going to pull it through. Like, we really need to see a Serie A. These guys get together and you know and have a shocking uh, uh, just thrashing of a team uh, uh, in the in the Europe group stages here. So I'd like to see more out of them next time. These guys go head to head, Napoli. But I mean, that begs the question, though, right? I mean, are you guys okay with Napoli getting knocked out of Europe so they can focus on Serie A? Because, you know, they're not necessarily that deep right now, especially with Milik being injured. Um, and they have a pretty tough group, but some would argue that maybe they should just focus on winning Serie A. They're going to be in Champions League again next season, right? Yeah, they're speculating from everything I read today after the game. There's a lot of that. Just like, well, Napoli's going to focus on winning the Scudetto and not... Um, really competing in the champions league they were in this game i miss i mean they missed the pk in the beginning which would have halved it 2-1 at halftime and then they would potentially would have gotten a draw at the end of the game so i don't feel like they're tanking in the champions league I don't. no definitely not so so you i mean the question is like are you okay with them getting knocked out not that maybe they should just change their focus and put out a, a lesser side in the champions league because this is like my least favorite soccer question ever that's like hey should these guys just focus on the league or should these guys just focus on this on the set uh, uh you know the champions league like maybe juventus you know hey they're in third now should they just forget the scudetto because they've won so many and just focus on champions and try and win that like come on Serie A, let's have our torta and eat it too yeah i you agree know, let's man. let's let's take it to both these leagues i mean It'd be great to see another team besides Juventus win this league. I'd really like for that team to be Roma, but hey, you know Napoli. Uh, uh, you'll make Pepper really happy, but you know let's 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 see them make some noise and in, and in, the, in Europe. And there's only been you know this is only the third game. Plus, I mean, one, it's something you play for uh, throughout the season in Serie A. You want to get one of those top three now, top four st- spots, so you can fight in uh, Champions League. But like this is the Serie A business card. Like, hey, look. 
we're playing good soccer down in Italy. Like you, you want to come here. You want to play for these teams because they do well. They represent uh, how the tactically uh, uh, deft uh, Serie A is. I don't know, man. I, I just we've got to compete with EPL. So. You guys are not okay. No, man. No. I want I want I want <laughs> Napoli to being t- knocked out. I want Napoli to tell Europe that hey, we might be short, but our cazzi sono grassi. I I'd agree, man. Let, let's let's put our best foot forward. I will also mention, guys, uh, just to wrap this up. I keep plugging Gamora. Check it out on Netflix. But we got two doppelgangers in this one with Pep Guardiola looking exactly like Chiro and Sari looking eerily close to Don Savastano. Life imitating art in the game for Champions League. Who knew Netflix was going to pull something like this for uh, a season three promo? Very impressed with Netflix's reach there. Boy, that's a niche reference right there, Chris. Got it. You guys <laughs> got to get watch Gamaro. Too we need, niche. We, too we, niche. We need, we need, too we need niche. Nick Sementelli to come in here with the metrics on how many people in America watch Gamora. Got to gotta get into it. You guys got to catch up for next week. Although a couple of listeners are big Is there fans. anyone that looks like Alexander? Who? <laughs> All right. Up next, we've got Juve and OTFR. This one finished 2-1 in OTFR's favor in Torino. Chiro Immobile is simply incredible with a brace with our comic comparison, Nightwing Dybala letting his city down with a late PK miss. Guys, we've got Chiro Immobile, who continues to be the story for OTFR. Biggest story out of this one, guys. 783 days that Juve has remained defeated, undefeated at home at the Allianz Stadium up in Torino. No more. OTFR comes into town and takes this one 2-1. I mean, streak's been going on for so long that they began it when this was called Torino Stadium. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that it's just cool that uh, Juve's getting beat, I guess, for parity in the league. However, it's coming at OTFR's hands. So for this podcast, it's, it's tough. But... Uh, Definitely a story. OTFR is serious this, this season, guys. What do you think of them? OTFR. Talk about a team that is dangerous and somewhat unpredictable because you never know if you're going to get the team that's ready to wax them out um, or if they're going to get you're going to get the team that, uh, you know, you can maybe you can maybe beat. And, and you know, you got to put you know, we, we made the joke that. You know, you need to book OTFR on this one for a, a, a wax appointment because, you know, anytime that Juventus drops points, they're coming back strong. And at home, I mean, if you had, a, you had to put a gun in my head and just say, hey, who's going to win any of these top three games? I would have said Juventus over OTFR at home because they have 783 days. The last time that, that Juventus lost at home, Uncle Gigi was only 43 years old. So, uh, you know, I mean, OTFR coming out strong. Yeah, well, I was a, a Roma fan caught in two minds over well, at the end of the game there. It was really fun game to watch. And then, you know, that PK gets called at the end. It's just like, of course it gets called. Of course they get that VAR out. And, uh, you know, blocks the, 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 the Bala shot. And I, like, I have to admit, guys, I slightly cheered. I slightly yeah, cheered. Bro. Nah, nah, bro. Two favorite teams. Roma and who's ever playing OTFR. Yeah. It was definitely a penalty. Uh, very interesting. That is definitely a storyline that Juve getting a penalty in the last minute of play at home. But in all fairness to Juve here, OTFR, I mean, it was a foul. It was definitely a foul. 
Is the story for OTFR, guys, just Chiro the hero here? He scored the brace, the, the winning goal uh, um, in the second half. Um, I mean, the story for OTFR the past two seasons has been Chiro Immobile. Because you might be able to give it a little bit, TK the bowed the last year. And honestly, like when I met DeRossi and I told him that I went to that derby, he just goes, oh, man, Kate Balda. So, I mean, like the, the guy had mad respect. They got all these other players like Marcos going ham on Luis Alberto. But Chiro Immobile, man, 11 goals this season so far. Never mind he looks like he you know, beat up Daniel, De Russo, uh, Daniel Russo when he was dressed up like a shower. Um, but, I mean, he's for me, he, he's, he's OTFR. He's, he's the difference maker. Yep, definitely uh, doing well for them. Switching over to Juve, guys. Dybala missing a PK here and just, just tells me soccer is incredibly unforgiving. Allegri after this game saying... He's 23 years old. He needs to learn, but he will remain Juve's penalty taker. He didn't get to start because of international duty with Argentina. He did become an instant spark uh, when he did come on, but he missed a PK, man, for Juve. And given this terrible week for U.S. soccer, it's really all I can think of even doing this podcast right now. For all the American fans, this is the pressure that I think everyone is talking about in European competition. This is what the U.S. lacks in high expectations for soccer results. Dybala has been amazing for Juve all season. We've been talking about him. We're giving him comic book nicknames. He's doing great. Yeah, he's but, got 10 goals in Serie A, man. It's, it's Nightwing. Yep. But he misses this and forget about it. It's what have you done for me lately? Uh, this, this is oh, just, he's, he sucks now. Yeah, he's, for this he's, week. He sucks. He's terrible, man. Until he can redeem himself, uh, I do think that uh, if somebody passed him in the street in, in Torino, I think they would let him have it. I, th I think they're, they're discussing selling him to Glasgow Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> well, certainly not that, but, uh, I mean, holding him accountable, uh, that that's definitely something I think we're lacking here, that if we're looking for models... This is an example, right? You got to hold your players accountable. Shame on the Juventus fan that's like ma just mashing Dybala right now for missing this PK so Juventus can go to third in a season they can still win uh, because they've started off way worse than this before in six consecutive Scudetti. All right. The only other thing I wanted to mention with Juve is uh, they've got a Netflix series coming out. So more Netflix plugs here. But it's basically like Juve hard knock. So it's going to be kind of like behind the scenes, learning about the team, which I'm super excited for. It's a good thing for Serie A. Um, what are you guys hoping they're, they're covering here? And are you hoping Lee Schreiber, the voice of God, is going to narrate this thing? Only if he does it in the Ray Donovan Boston accent. But now this, what am I looking forward to in this? Are we going to actually get to see what an Italian locker room is right, narrated in English? Imagine like Lee Schreiber, if he is doing it in the booth, like, reading the script and looking and seeing what's going on. I was like, uh... I want to uh, know how many people wear tidy whities on, on Juventus. <laughs> how many jock straps and just the brief the brief occasion of having a, a boxer in there. That's that's my homie. All right. That's what we know Marco is looking forward to Marco's in the Netflix. looking for in the <laughs> locker room of Juventus. I don't think we can top that. Let's just move to the derby, guys. <laughs> I want to I want to see like Agnelli whack somebody and they catch him like putting him in the trunk of like in the trunk of his car and driving away. <laughs> All right. Up next, we've got probably the game of the week, although there was a bunch to, to pick from. Inter and Milan, the Derby di Milan, the Derby della Madonnina. This one finished 3-2 in Inter's favor in a truly special night for Syria. It's the Nerazzurri who reigns supreme in the San Siro. 
Inter versus Milan, back and forth to the end until Icardi gets his hat trick and, and does his best messy impression at the end of the game. Yeah, guys, three takeaways from this game. San Siro bringing it back to the good old days when Serie A was a spectacle of the soccer world and the atmosphere was absolutely electric. Chris, I did not do my homework here. Oh. I did not translate those banners that came up on both sides of the curva. But speaking of which... I mean, only. I think, I think one of them said, "I wonder how many guys in our locker room wear tiny whities." <laughs> yeah, no, that was in Torino. Yeah, <laughs> and only in soccer can fans be so dangerous and masterful at knitting at the same time because those curva quilts are something else. I always wondered how the hell they put those things together. No nay. It's no unbelievable. Name. No, and Tifo here, we, we do it here in the States too. It's uh, paint jobs and things like that. I've seen it done. It's it's pretty cool. Paint yeah. jobs. Yeah. I'll I'll put I'll put an Italian Nona up. I'll take the Pepsi challenge of an Italian Nona against any other uh, Tifo fan in the world. Well, guys, Mauro Icardi is the absolute danger man this year in the Serie A, and he's the guy with the target on his back. One could even say that Milan fans issuing that fatwa, you know, one year ago, <laughs> maybe the ultras are are finally rescinding that fatwa. And uh, do we have to explain what the fatwa is? No, we don't have to do that. Not the fatwa, but one year ago, the book came out where Cardi basically shells all of the ultras, right? Now available in paperback one week, one year later. And I, I got it being think. translated into English uh, on, a, on uh, an audio book, and it's going to be read by James Horncastle. Yeah, no, definitely. And I would imagine that the ultras are going to say all is forgiven a year later because he is killing it right now with Cardi. Nine goals in eight games. I mean, that's some messy stats. And in fact, I think he took it upon himself to, to highlight that when he did his messy celebration, uh, paying homage to the little man himself when he scored against Real Madrid. He took his shirt off and showed everybody the back of the Barca jersey that said Messi. He did the same thing, and maybe it's because Messi just scored a hat trick to get Argentina through to the World Cup. But uh, it just also goes to show you that Mauricardi's got a pretty big head on them, slim shoulders. What did, what did you guys think when you saw him do it? What was the first reaction in your head when he saw it? Oh, he's Syria Odell Beckham Jr. Uh-huh. I mean, like, the guy just can't get out of his own way. Like, world-class talent, you know, arguably on the, any day the best guy at his position. Everyone thinks he's full of himself. Gets in controversies about, like, how he's only out for himself and not the team when he pulls off his shirt. He doesn't show the front to the ultras who've been slagging him. He shows the back. He's like, hey, you know, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? That's yeah, right. That was my reaction, man. Just wait a minute. You are not exactly messy level just yet. Uh, I know you're Argentinian, but uh, chill out. Chill out for the moment. Tattoo game is strong on that boy, though. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Well, the third takeaway from this game is is really that Milan did not deserve to lose. And those are the words out of Montella's mouth after the game. You know, as Trump would say, they've they've definitely failed bigly so far against the big teams. Uh, they were actually missing Karanich for this one, and Kutrone comes in and adds a spark. But you know, they have a couple easy opponents coming back uh, in the next couple weeks. And you know, despite Bonucci being absolutely terrible at fault for for two of the three goals this game, you know, Milan can can keep their heads up held high because. Uh, you know, Bonaventura's back. He played well. And just the team is just so young. And they look like to, to be clicking a little bit during this game. They they deserve the point, at least. Yeah, I mean, 
they yeah they I think they deserve the point. They did get the PK. It, that's that's how the cookie crumbles. But this is not going to make Montella's life any easier. He needed that point more than anything. I mean, you know, now I think Milan fans wouldn't care if uh, if Montella gets fired and they hire the ex Miami Dolphins offensive line coach to come in there, you know, and take over this thing. And I use line in air quotes. But was that your reaction? I mean, we went into the international break, and it, I really felt like Montella was just like on the cutting board that they're really going to fire this guy. I don't feel this way after this Inter game. I, I feel like they put up a fight. Bonucci looked bad, but I think Montella's Dude, safe. Milan is in tenth place. Yeah, yeah. They're in tenth place. But, they're behind Chievo. They're behind Bologna. You spent two hundred twenty million dollars, and hey, you want to be in tenth Bologna. place. But are you shocked that that Monday came and he still has a job? I'm I'm no, not shocked. No, I'm not shocked on that. I think they'll give him a couple more weeks. I would say if he drops points against a team they should beat in the upcoming, he's gone. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I think that's fair. All right. So, there's the derby. It was a good one. Let's keep rolling. Oh, the- big shout out to uh, David and his oh, yeah. wife, who I can't remember her name. I'm really sorry, but you were very nice. Sorry we didn't make it down to see you at Lucky Bar. Um, we went to four courts uh, and watched the game by ourselves and missed being down there. <laughs> Look, looking forward to meeting Milan Club uh, DC in the near future. That would be nice. Up next, we've got Torino and Crotone, guys. <laughs> Torino in the fourth fourth game that we're covering. 2-2 in this one. Lolo Di Silvestri scores a header in the 93rd to save home Crotone fans in the front row from having to clean themselves up from Halovich's head exploding. Good job, Chris. I'm, I'm really trying to give you long run-on sentences to read yes, today. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, speaking of Mihalovic, he insisted his team totally dominated a game in which his team had to fight back twice just to get a point. Yeah, man, that's just that's just how it's it's going with, with Torino right now. He's just got to put it on any way he can in the postgame because this man is going absolutely berserk during these games. I mean, we're nearing a point where we might find a dead Torino player in, or, or coach, for that matter, or linesman, no one's safe, in Miha's trunk. I mean, this man needs to take up Zen Gardening or get a pet rock or something, man. I mean, did you see him at the end of this game? I mean, the, the, his appearance with his hair and his facial expression. After the game, he looked like the guy in the comedy movie who comes staggering, shell-shocked out of a house that just exploded with his neighbors coughing and waving the smoke away from their faces, looking on in amazement that anyone survived such a blast. Just like, hair waving all over the place. I mean, just, this guy. Just high as hell. <laughs> just look like... He had been through the ringer. I'm not going to be happy until he rips one of those well-padded seats that we have in Syria, just throws it out on the field for the full Bobby Knight effect. Yeah, I mean, apparently <laughs> that would be excellent. And he's going to be doing it for Roma players. You guys see that three out of their t- t- uh, front four, not in, not Niang, were ex-Roma players, Sadiq, Yayic, and Falke. Yeah. Just straight up Roma rehab. So, <laughs> Miha basically looking like you know the, the the ghost of christmas past at the end of this game is one of my takeaways the other one is no belotti no party man we posed the question last week what will torino do without belotti they're gonna tie crotone and barely in the 93rd minute yep well crotone i think you're right uh tad you got here march to 16th 17th place whatever keeps us out of the relegation zone Put some bolts in its neck and throw the switch, Dr. Frankenstein, because Crotone's march to 16th is alive. Yeah, I re- I'm not like not nearly worried as much as I was last year after Crotone so far. I mean, there's we talked parody, and I think we will continue talking at the end of the table, but 
man, just there's some really good teams at the top and some really bad teams at the bottom that Crotone's probably feeling pretty safe right what now. Is, what is the magic number to stay safe this season? Nine? That's a, Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good question. I, I'd like... Yeah. I'm not going to say the number, I think, but it's on the back of Icardi's jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, definitely. Uh, we'll have to talk about more about that at the end of the table. But, but your global Crotone club, man, is is growing. The fans are feeling it in Crotone. The stadium was packed, man. There's like 825 people there. That's right. Um, no, but completely full. I think like 9,500. You know, Cortez is looking all pumped up, looking like Jared Leto's character in an interdimensional sci-fi movie that no one knows what the hell is going on, but it's still certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with that blonde hair, Joan. I mean, Crotone, they're balling, man. They haven't dropped points in three straight games, which is better than all their crappy peers. And the closest team that can say they haven't dropped points in three straight games on the table is Chievo at ninth. That's right. That's that deep advanced stats I'm doing on who scored. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, get, get, get amped. Get amped, world. Crotone's hashtag March to 16 is alive. Happy for it. Happy for Crotone. All right. Finishing off the, t- the fifth game of this week is Sampdoria and Atalanta. This one finished 3-1. Sampdoria winning this one in Sampdoria. The goddess caught looking ahead towards midweek Europa, maybe, dropping one to Genoa's good team in Sampdoria. There's a tale of two halves in this one, guys. Atalanta definitely had the better first half. Brian Cristante gets the goal. Perfectly timed ball for the header. He got called up for international break as well. What do you guys think? Uh, this is a rising star for Ladea. Uh, another good one that might get plucked from from Atalanta. I mean, just the fact that his name is Brian. Yeah, you know, he's a star already. On, should get him on the national team just for that. <laughs> I mean, look look at two of the best, two of the two of the most exciting players in the Serie A right now, Brian and Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> good old American names. That's right. That's right. Um, Papu Gomez sat the first part in this game uh, due to international duty. Uh, Marco, I think you had a question here. Atalanta, you worried about them being the next Sassuolo? I'll tell you, man. 12th place right now. They're behind uh, Chievo, Torino, and Bologna, and Sampdoria. These are teams that they want to be in front of right now if they they want to make it to the uh, European spots again. And uh, I'm just getting some, some flashbacks here. You know, ex Cinderella's unite. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't happen to Atalanta because they're really fun to watch. They're everybody's favorite team in Serie. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's premature. Uh, they have had a really tough opening schedule here. They've got Napoli, uh, Roma. Who else have they played? Have they played Juventus yet? Yes, yes. they tied them. Yeah, so, they tied them. I mean, that's that's a tough way to open the first. Don't uh, make excuses weeks. for them, Chris. <laughs> I'm just Sassuolo. They lost to some pretty crap teams that uh, they they went to the basement quickly. I don't think Atalanta's it's, there. It's dropping that Nike sponsorship, man. Takes a little <laughs> yeah. while to shake that off. Yeah, man. I mean. All right, on the other side of this one is Sampdoria, the other team from Genoa that's actually good. Big changes at half. We've got Linetti and Caprari coming in. The goal scorers in this game, you got Zapata in the 54th, but then the super subs of Caprari and Linetti both getting goals, and there's your win. 3-1 for Sampdoria against Atalanta. Post-game, Il Mister Giampaolo said he's not comparing Atalanta to Milan, but Atalanta gave us more difficulty in this one. I'm sure Montella loved seeing that one. And he credits the fans, the atmosphere in the stadium, encouraging fans and the Sampdoria fans to get an identity. The curva looked beautiful. The TFOs and everything really looked great. 
But I do have to say for this one, guys, plenty of good seats available on the sides of the field, uh, you know, directly on the 50-yard line, things like that. It just, we need more stadiums. We need more stadiums up close, smaller, much more of a of a environment, I think, if we have smaller stadiums. Yeah, in, in Italian stadiums, though, the middle section is where the fogies and the, and the family sit. So uh, uh, they're going to have to... Yeah, you know, do a, they're gonna have to do a little bit better deeper in the season to see those filled up. But I mean, you know, mad respect to Sampdoria, man. They're nice this year. They're sixth right now with a game in hand. You know, they could they could be top four if the, you know if that game was played. And like uh, uh, Ferrero said that you know if they of course they had to beat Roma, they'd be in the top four right now. But yeah, Sampdoria is nice this year and big ups to their curva, man. They they were going ham. Well, I just need to make a correction because I think Chris said it's going to get a little bit easier, but they're playing Bologna next week. <laughs> and uh, Right just, up there with Napoli. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Bologna coming in hot, seventh place. Yep. That's, uh, we'll no, ch- no chill to Bologna this year, man. Yeah, seriously. All right. There's the top five games. Let's take a quick break and jump to the second half of week eight. Starting off the second half of week eight, we've got Bologna and Spal in what we think is a derby, the Derby del 1968. Yeah, the Derby del the last time we played was 1968 because <laughs> one of us is Spal. Yeah. This one finished 2-1. Bologna are shaking up the table, currently in seventh place. The ragu is flowing in Regi- Reggio Emilia. Marco clearly did this game. Yeah, man. You know what? Boriello, he wishes this was the Derby Della 1969. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. This game was a bit of a battle, but you know, Poli gets Bologna off to a start, a good start, and then an own goal from Spal's own Salamon, and that's how my dad pronounces salmon, providing <laughs> the difference. Despite the Antenucci goal, and we're gonna talk about Antenucci in a little bit, Tad. I think that you finally have somebody to look up to for that beard game, other than DeRossi. That's right. <laughs> Bologna, a.k.a. my second favorite team. Guys, I, I was meaning to wear it today. I have the 100-year uh, jersey from two seasons ago. And, uh, you know, I just figured that I'd, I'd let you know. I, I thought, thought it was the 1968 jersey. That's what I was hoping you were going to bring. Or I, I thought that you left that in the uh, apartment in Bologna you guys never lived in. No, it's still there. It's still there, collecting <laughs> dust and, uh, and memories. Uh, but three-game win streak and four games unbeaten. They tied Inter four games ago. Uh, you know they're just beating the teams that are com- they're competing for in the mid-table finish. And Bologna is a small, prestigious castle city, warding off attack from the smaller teams. But they're waiting for the big invaders to come in so they can swoon them with good food and and beautiful cobble streets. So, mm. guys, mm. you know it's just all around. Everybody likes Bologna. Would you like us some uh, uh, pasta bolognese and not don't triple over our beautiful cobble streets? Uh? And if you're a Bologna fan, you're a big Star Wars fan, Jedi Rattail Palacio is an absolute monster right now. I mean, he's 36 years old, so I guess we can start calling him Obi-Wan. You know he's definitely seen that Star Wars trailer exclusive on Sunday Night Football. I am not the attacker you're looking for. Yeah, and it's Monday. He's man of the match for this game, despite not even scoring. I'll tell you what, Spall kind of thrashing a little bit, and their fans were definitely... uh, Making some noise in the beginning of the game. Antenucci gets the honorable mention this game. I even 
tried to post his picture in here, uh, but that beard, geez, if you know, if scoring goals doesn't get this man a contract, that outstanding grizzly beard and, could get him into a Jack's Links commercial. He could be wrestling <laughs> Sasquatch for sure. I mean, I, I love the way he grooms it, man. He, he like he like brushes it so when he smiles, it looks like the whole bottom half of his head yeah, is smiling. It like explodes. Yep. I just got a bloody nose thinking about looking at that beard. But yeah. Spall, you know, the, <laughs> they, they, they try to be the giant killers, but they can't take Bologna down this time. <laughs> the, the, the spear did not pierce the elephant's side in this one. All right. A perfect segue there. Let's keep rolling, guys, to Fiorentina and Udinese. Yeah, Marco, still bleeding. Let's uh, keep going with uh, 2 he's, 1. He's still bleeding, Bologna sauce. Yeah, exactly. the first aid kit out. <laughs> All right, Fiorentina Udinese, this was, was 2-1, HDCT. Henry David, Cyril Thoreau goes all transcendental on Udinese with a brace. Fiorentina used home field advantage and purple jerseys to smoke Udinese. La Viola dominate all statistical categories in this one. Tad, go ahead. Yeah, HDCT, our, our mainest man um, from Udinese last season and Fiorentina this season, gets a brace, his breakout game, his best game for Fiorentina so far. Um, and he silences the critics at Viola Nation, um, the, the Bleacher Report stream. That's just a great stream to follow if you guys haven't. A great Twitter follow. Uh, and apparently they've turned their sights to young Giovanni Simeone, who might be the darling of this, the, the, the club one day, as they say, but he's a little lost right now. HGCT is willing to pick it back up. Actually, they are, we wrote an article about this on Viola Nation. You should definitely check out. My favorite line is, this is not a call to the bench for the future star, that being Giovanni Simeone, but maybe he can use an opportunity to clear his head and give Babacar a shot. All so right. what they're saying is this is not a call to bench Giovanni Simeone, but please bench Gi- yeah. Giovanni Simeone. Babacar is nasty. I mean, over the past couple of seasons, we keep saying it, right? Babacar, Babacar, we want to see more. So Yeah, they, 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 they do filter him out because of more like promising talent. Sometimes he features... In Europe, pretty well, but man, you gotta love one of these American streams that just goes after the team that they love. Casey Totti's great at it. Love both sites. Um, the jersey color, the pansy purple. You know, if Pioli is rocking the purple vest and the team is rocking the purple top, the team will play well enough to not only win but break Aaron Rodgers' collar- collarbone doing it. So watch out, guys. The purple people eaters are breaking collarbones. And then my last takeaway on this one, guys, is Udinese. 4-1-4-1 formation. We got some bad lasagna playing. And Principal Strickland's on the bench. <laughs> Come on, Zebras. Get it together. You know, who, where, who are, where, who's the Udinese version of Casey Tutti or Viola Nation? Yeah. Just to rip this team, you know, for being, just laying this dog turd, which I will bring up. I would pick up if it was Peppers and we were in my neighborhood because I'm not that kind of dog owner. But where are these guys to rip these guys? Let's get a, let's get an Udinese Bleacher Report site or hit me to it. I would love to see it. Absolutely. Uh, they got a big game coming up against big brother Juventus uh, this weekend, I think. so. I would I would go ahead and just book them for a waxing appointment, expect them to come out looking like alopecia. Hmm. All right, so that there we go. We've got uh, what do we got? Seven games done. We got three more to go, which means we are in Richard Whittle's the Danger Zone. The 
Danger Zone. Sassuolo and Chievo. This finish finished with a 0-0 draw. A crap game that puts Sassuolo into the relegation zone. There's not much more to say about this one, guys. The scoreline tells itself. It's a good opportunity to bring up Il Mister Rolando Maran for Chievo. He sees the league as top 10 and bottom 10, and his goal is to be the number one in the second group. So if you're a Chievo fan... Ambition. Yeah, pure ambition. ambition. There's 20 teams, 10th place. Just That's what we're shooting for. drop the mic on that, Chris. Let's yeah. just keep going. Yeah, <laughs> We got Michael Douglas and Wall Street, though, on this team, though, with that kind of ambition. Seriously. We talked about it before, guys, with parody in the Serie A. Sassuolo slipping into the relegation because of that parody. So look at the table. I mean, it's still a little bit early. We got eight eight games played so far, but I think it does call with Sassuolo. I mean, they were great two seasons ago. We keep talking about it, but now they're talking about relegation. Don't see any fight in them. Is Sassuolo, what do you think? The, the prime reason why maybe we should really switch it to 18 teams or maybe even less, 16 teams? No, I don't like 18 teams. I mean, or I keep telling you, Chris, the funniest part of our podcast is when we're frying the bad teams. So without those bad teams, who knows? We might be like a, like a four and a half star podcast. Yeah. 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 Good point. I think uh, it speaks the truth. If uh, if just look, if the money's just simply not there, and Sassuolo is not willing to spend it, we have crap teams out there. Uh, I, you know, we want the best product out there that makes it the most entertaining. So, I, I am starting to warm to that side that maybe we should have less teams in the Serie A. That finishes that one off. Zero zero. Let's go to some goal scoring games. Finally, up next is Cagliari and Genoa, the other team from Genoa. This one finished 2-3. Two teams hovering just above the relegation zone. The question is, who was more desperate for this win? Genoa always in control of this result. Up 2-0, then 3-1. Fines! Fines all around. OTF Genoa. I was close. I I tried to save it. (laughs) You're right. You're right. I'm sorry, Tad. Forgive me. Also, we we finally get to see Pavaletti score a goal. Guys, can you believe it? He's finally done it. And... OTF Genoa finally getting a little pr- production out of their front three. Tarabat, man of the match for me, goal and assist, Rigoni, goal and assist, and Galabinov. Likely to be the name of the next Jabba the Hut. He gets a goal too. That is a Jabba the Hut. Galabinov. It's like the hunchback Jabba too. Uh, yeah. Leonardo. Hunchback Hut. Galabinov. Leonardo Pavoletti. First goal wasn't even the best player for for Cagliari. That would that would be Jao Pedro. But you know we keep saying that Cagliari doesn't have the goals. So you know maybe Genoa's awakened a sleeping giant. Like who knows? Leonardo Pavoletti maybe could just carry Cagliari all the way out of that relegation zone to six points. And uh, you know hopefully Cagliari can do that because because they're just absolutely trash so far this season. Yeah, Rostelli loses his job. He's out. Can't blame him. I think they've lost 57 games, and they've only played eight. So, Calgary, uh, uh, just trash. Got to think Boreal is very happy uh, he got out of there because they're firing coaches. Hopefully, Spout can do a little bit better. Oh, if Boreello was still there, they'd, they'd be top 10. They'd be, no, they'd be solidly at 10. All right. A lot of faith in Boreello. They would be a hard 8 to 10. Which is <laughs> not above Bologna. If it's cold, maybe a hard 7. <laughs> 
All right, let's finish off week eight with the crappiest game of them all. Benevento versus Hellas Verona. Game of the W-E-A-K week. This one finished one nothing in Hellas's favor, but just barely. The, uh, the story of this game, Chris, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and do it myself. I'm going to step on your toes. Go ahead. A tweet by Matteo Bonetti of BN. Now, while we criticize BN for their coverage of the Serie A, their commentators are absolutely top-notch. Matteo Bonetti is great. Andres Cordero is great. Marco Palmieri, Whittle Richard, excellent cast. Ray Hudson, all great. And he had a great tweet to summarize this game. This game is a perfect advertisement for an 18-team league. Yep. Tough game for this one. Uh, yeah, just... No, but what a, what a week you have. You have uh, uh, the Derby della Madonina, the Derby della Sole, and uh, Juve OTFR, and it leaves the Monday night game as Benevento versus Alice Verona. Yeah. Okay, so that'll do it. We got week eight in the books. Week nine is coming up. No international break this time. For me, guys, I'd have to say Napoli Inter, one versus two. That's probably the game of the week. Oh, the trash has already been starting to talk between them. Drace had some choice words. Um, you know, this 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 one's going to be a showdown. The other fun one that I got to point out, because I talked about it at the beginning of the season, we have a derby. The Derby del Verona. The Derby de Shakespeare. Whatever you want to call it. The Capulets and the Montagues. It's going to be a crap game probably, but hey, pride's on the line for all the Hellas Verona and Chievo fans out there. Now, I'm, I'm pulling for Chievo in this game, my man. Ellis might have those fresh jerseys, but you know I've been looking at the box office these days, and old is in. Harrison Ford, Blade Runner, Action Star, Jackie Chan, Pierce Brosnan, Action Star is leading this. Uh, who else we have? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Action Star. Good so movie. Yeah, Good so, movie. so, you know, I mean, I, I think Chievo would have to, like, they'd have to bring their average age down to be the age of those guys but uh yeah man old is in forza chievo so we're looking forward to those games we'll bring those next week until then ragazzi diciamo rivederci ciao 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 ciao